This is KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. You're tuned in to You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown. The motivator continues his month-long radio residency exclusively here on KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, this motivational masterclass is brought to you weekdays by this station and by Les Brown. Today's theme is your obsession becomes your possession. Your obsession becomes your possession. I yield now to the gentleman uh, from Miami, Florida, by way of Atlanta, Georgia, Les Brown. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about talking with you today as we celebrate our greatness. And, and we most certainly listen to the voice of greatness with Professor Khalil Gibran Muhammad. That's a bad mm-hmm. brother up in here. Up indeed, in here. indeed. And the book, The Prophet, is bad, too. <laughs> I love that It's a good book. one. It's a good one. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes. I, I want to talk about and why it's important that we celebrate our greatness. And I'm always reminded of what Frederick Douglass said. We might not get everything we fight for, but everything we get, there will be a fight. And I want to talk about a young lady that's still practicing medicine after 42 years, but how she got there. That's, that's to me, is what's most important when we look at celebrating our greatness. Uh, she was... She used to go to the summertime, spend it in Greensville, North Carolina, with her family and her grandmother. And, and, and when she went down to spend time with her grandmother, I remember interviewing her, and she said that she was with her grandmother and started raining real hard. And she was around nine years old. And, and they ran into a grocery store to get out of the rain. And the white store owner said, niggas. Get out of here. Mm. And her grandmother put her arms around her and took her outside. And her grandmother was crying. And, and she said, Grandma, why are you crying? And she said, no, I'm not crying. It's just a rain. And a little rain won't hurt us. But the reason I share this is that when you grow up in that kind of environment, an environment that demeans you, that does not recognize your humanity. And it's so pervasive. We always have to look for it. I want people to just think about this and write this down. Create an affirming an environment for our children, mm. encouraging them constantly. Uh, she was home one day when a, a doctor came a black doctor, white doctors were not allowed to go into the black community or to treat black people at that time. And she watched them and, and she said to him, I'd like to become a doctor. And she said, he kneeled down, he looked over his glasses and he said, you would make a wonderful nurse. <laughs> she went and she told her grandfather, she said, I want to become a doctor. But Dr. Johnson said, I would become a very good nurse. And she said her grandfather said something to her. He said, you can be anything that you want to be. Do you hear me? You can be anything you want to be. He affirmed her. He encouraged her. And, and, and so, and this doctor was not white. He was black. That many of the negative, toxic things that we have 
said about us, when you teach people to hate themselves, that's where there's an African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. We've been trained and taught and groomed for discord and to hate and, and be against each other and be like crabs in a barrel. And that's why we have to watch the conversations and and the influences for our children. Mm. And so with that ringing in her ears, you can be a doctor from her grandfather. She said that spoke to her soul. And, And she went on to college, and she graduated at the top of her class, and she went to Albert Einstein Medical School, and she was one of four black kids that graduated from there, African Americans. Now, here's something that's interesting. She applied for numerous jobs, board certified, years of experience. She applied for a job as staff physician with the California Department of Corrections, and, and, and they said no. Constantly. She couldn't even get an interview. And there were white people who applied for various jobs as staff physicians, they were interviewed. They didn't have any board certification. They had no experience. She had 20 years experience, and she couldn't even get an interview. And she just got tired of being turned down constantly. And then there there was one person that she went to an interview, and this, this white gentleman said to her, you know what? He said, I need to say this to you because she, her first name is Nick Vicky, but she used Marbury height. And so he thought it was a white male interview coming in. And when he saw her, he was shocked. And he said, I got to tell you this. And, and she asked what they made me promise, make a commitment that I would never hire a black person as a staff physician. And so the reason I'm sharing this, this is the character of this country. It's not going anywhere. Mm. And that the people that break through, it's an obsession. You mm. got to be hungry. Mm. You got to be persistent. You've got to be a, a kind of person that I'm going to make this happen no matter what. It's real. It's every day, and it's 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 in the DNA of this country. So so. What she did, she got tired of being turned down. So she filed a suit against the California Department of Corrections. And then on the day for the trial, they got a call, and and the call was her attorney could not make it. He was in surgery. Mm. And so the judge said, rather than postponing it, the judge who was against her, but listen to this, the judge said, you either... Try the case today yourself, or the case will be dropped against the Department, California Department of Corrections. Now, she's a doctor, mm. and she said, okay, <laughs> I will. We're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to finish the story. When we come forward, uh, we'll finish this story uh, being told uh, ever so brilliantly by the motivator, Les Brown. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the motivator, Les Brown, as he continues his month-long exclusive radio residency on KBLA Talk 1580. Today's theme is Your Obsession Becomes Your Possession. Continue, Les Brown.
Yeah, so Dr. Vicki Hyde, who was told by her grandfather, you can be a doctor, that became her obsession. And she faced racism and discrimination of all types. And so there she was, after being turned down on job after job after job, seeing white people who were hired for jobs that she applied for that she couldn't even get an interview they weren't even board certified. They had no experience, and she had experience. She just finally got tired and filed a suit against the Department of California Department of Corrections. Her doctor, Murphy's Law, came into play. He ended up in the hospital all that day. Mm. And the judge, who was very partial to the Department of Corrections of California said, you either try the the case today yourself or the case is closed and it's dropped. And she said, I'll do it. She had a husband with her and he sat behind her. She had nobody with her except her husband. And she had these lawyers, three lawyers seated across from her, ready to try the case. Mm. And they tried the case and they did their part. But then she did something that was very smart. Her husband was doing some research for her, and she asked the, do- the doctors, those lawyers, to get on the stand to interrogate them <laughs> about the case, at which she brought up and asked things that you only would be able to answer those questions if you had some medical knowledge and background to say why she was not qualified for the job, and they could not substantiate that in legal terms that made sense. She won the case, hands down. (laughs) (laughs) But but here's what happened. She won the case. The judge who was against her ruled in her behalf. Yes, you've won the case. And she won a judgment, over $200,000. And it's been over 14 years. And California Department of Corrections, they still have not paid her. This is what happens when you are an African-American. This is what happens when you're in a country that dismiss you, demean you, demonize you, and don't recognize your humanity. And, and, and when I was talking with her, and, I, and as I was listening to, to Brother Muhammad, I, I came up during the time of Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And everything, I mean, the, the, his words are ringing in my ears. Everything that he was speaking then, who would believe that we're experiencing that now? And he saw that, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He saw that and was calling us and and putting us on on notice. Hey, listen, we got to, and this is something I'll never forget, we got to do for self. Mm. As we look at where we are, with all of the advanced technology, people panicking about that GPT. We got to do for self. We got to continue to grow and expand. We got to continue to have a passion for making a difference in life. This young lady, she went on, and when she she went to to travel and she went to Kenya by herself, Naomi Kenya, and she served as a volunteer with the government, immunizing babies against tuberculosis during an epidemic, and helped to save many lives because babies were dying there. She also wrote a program for children in foster care who had drug addictions, and and that program was supported by the nationally recognized Betty Ford Center. 
and she provided outpatient services for those kids. And over 350 children benefited from her skills, from her knowledge, and the work that she was doing. And as a result of, of her work and her volunteerism, she saved lives, and she's been practicing law, I mean, practicing medicine, for 42 years. She applied for loans, and nine banks turned her down. Nine banks refused to give her money so that she can go into independent practice when she decided that she wanted her own practice. And finally, the 10th bank gave her a loan, mm. and as a result of that, she paid off all of her stu student loans. She's still in practicing medicine now, and she's still standing, and she's still making a difference, and she's mentoring students, African-American medical students, who want to go on and have a career in the area of medicine. What questions would you like to ask me? I got a lot about this system. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, today's theme is your obsession becomes your possession. Your obsession uh, becomes your possession. We are uh, we are taught uh, and 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 told. I think it's fair to say uh, in this country uh, that to be obsessed with something, generally speaking, uh, is it, not a good thing. Uh, why are you so obsessed with this? Why are you so obsessed with that? Uh, she's obsessed with that. He's obsessed with that. Um, but you're flipping that whole notion of obsession on its head and saying that your obsession becomes your possession. But I think again that we are indoctrinated in such a way where we're we're told not to be obsessed. Chasing things, Les. Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. When you, when you put on the line and say, look, you give me this or kill me. Mm. That's an obsession. If you're casual about your dream, if you're casual about your goals, if you're casual about the things you want to accomplish, those things will become a casualty. Mm. You've got to be willing to give it all up. You've got to be all in to make it happen. And, and, and when we begin to face the reality that, that racism, just think about Sunday. For the first time, two African-American males, they navigated quarterback positions in the Super Bowl. That's the reason that racism and discrimination will never go away in this country. Because when you give us access, mm. we will dominate the game. You don't keep people out of the game who you feel that you can dominate, who you feel that you can compete against, who you feel that you are superior to them. But if you don't feel superior to them, if you feel inferior to them, you watch Venus and Serena play against each other. You watch Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Jalen Hurts play on the field. So this is why we've been kept out. This is why the racism, the hatred of us has, 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 has been and will always be there, and we must rise to the occasion. And the people who break through the cracks, white people have a glass ceiling. We have a concrete ceiling. We have to break that sucker, all right, into smithereens. And so when you think about that, but here's the other piece. As a result, here's the benefit. When you face resistance, when you face the pushback, an airplane can't fly without the resistance of air. You can't learn good horsemanship by riding a tame horse. And the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. You are stronger on the other side. That's why your obsession 
most certainly must be something that you have with that that you want, that you refuse, you refuse to give up. You keep on coming back again and again and again. That's what we talked about, Paul Robinson, when he said, I hear I stand for I can do no other. This is all that I can do because this is my life. This is what I stand for. Mm-hmm. When, when and this you, is where we are. No, when you suggested earlier that we should be about the business of creating uh, an affirming environment for our children, that we should be about the business of creating an affirming environment for our children. Um, I heard you loud and clear. And it raises this question for me, what you say to us, what advice you offer about modeling the behavior of success for our children. We all know that kids, you know, there's so many ways, uh, so many cute ways people say it. Uh, what you see, you will be. If you can see it, you can achieve it. If you can see it, you can be it. There are all kinds of ways to lay that out. And I receive and accept all of those. And yet it seems to me that when it comes to our children in particular, uh, it's one thing to suggest we have to create an affirming environment for them, but it's another thing for us to model the behavior of success for our children. Put another way, somebody once said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. I'd rather see one than hear one. So talk to us about what it means, as you see it, to model the behavior of success so our children can see that. Well, that's the primary reason why I'm talking to you now and what KBLA is about is that that when we celebrate our greatness, and we're not just looking back at what people have done in the past, but there are people that are doing great things now, who've overcome incredible odds right now. And and we need to know what did they do? How do you make it in this day where we're going from brick and mortar to click and order? How do you begin to, to be competitive and, and, and rise above the, the technology that now can emulate my voice and your voice and our images, and mm-hmm. people don't know what's real and what's not real. How do we stay ahead of the, grow, of, of the cutting edge of what's happening right now? And the reason that the people who've made it yesterday and the ones who are making it today, they were perpetual learners. Uh, Dr. Vicki Hyde, she graduated top of her class. When you think about the people that, that are doing great stuff right now, that the billionaires that exist, the people that are in corporate America and, and, and became the, the head of those Fortune 500 companies, those individuals, they put in the study, they put in the work. We can't be average. We always have to be extraordinary. We always have to be so good that we cannot be ignored and that we break the door down with our genius. We break the door down with our innovation and the things that we're able to come up with that allow us to begin to make our mark and live a life that matters. Here's what's pathetic, particularly now, and what the Internet reveals. There's a lot of foolishness in this world, and a lot of it's in our community. We got adults, senior citizens, grandmothers using all kind of foul language. We got so many young women on online shaking their booties, giving our kids a, a, a vision of themselves. If you want to make it today, you got to have a, 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 a Brazilian booty. You got to go to Miami and get one on sale. No, no, no. We got to say to our kids, you got a brain. No, 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 no. You don't want to try and get a pass to, to, to the top of your life because you got a big booty. 
you got a brain. You can think. There are other things that you can do other than rap, other than play sports, other than going to Brazil to get a, a, a butt lift. You have the ability, the versatility, and the genius in you to go in any area of life and make your mark. Find your place. And this is very important. Finding your place. You found your place in what you're doing now. I found my place in speaking. This is what I do. This is what I was born for. I told my kids, if they tell you that I'm gone, come to the mall. Put a microphone in my hand. If I don't grab it and firmly set up and say, you got to be hungry. <laughs> and say, well, Dad's gone now. He's out of here. He's dead. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Uh, let, let me let me let me ask you this. Um, uh, today's theme again is your obsession becomes your possession. Your obsession becomes your possession. How do you know you're chasing the right dream? How do you know you're chasing the right thing, particularly when you've been chasing it for a while and it has not come to fruition? You know what? We don't know when our dream happens. We mm. have no clue. Mm-hmm. Some happen sooner than others. We have no idea. Some people come first time up up to bat and knock it out the park. I remember when I got my first $50 love offering in a church. I had no idea. This was after my panicking, and I choked before 3,000 people in Detroit, and a brother named Reverend Charles Adams, who was among the top 10 pastors that year oh yeah and i and and they asked me to pray and all i knew at that time was now lay me down to sleep i pray the lord by (laughs) soul to keep if i die before i wake i pray the lord by soul to take and i looked at those three thousand people and i panicked Mm -hmm. and i said thank you lord so much for coming this morning and set my butt down and somebody said the devil had his tongue And so I sat in that parking lot for like three hours till the security guard told me to leave. And I was beating the steering wheel saying, this will never happen to me again. And I went out. I stepped in the face of that fear of speaking. I choked on myself. I went out and I spoke again, and they gave me a $50 love offering. I never had a job that paid me $50 in an hour. Mm. But who would have thought? The fact that I was willing to come back again and again and again, years later, a major pharmaceutical company would pay me $640,000. Who would have thought? Because I've been investing in myself and probably spent well over $400,000 on my ability to communicate. And my mentor, Mike Williams, who wrote the book, The Road to Your Best Stuff, is still my mentor to this day, who told me, he said, you got this, Brownie. You are a global voice. You can speak beyond the NAACP and, and, and the Urban League. And that's where I wanted to go first. Hmm. And he says, no. He hung up on me. And I called him back and said, why, what happened? Why'd you, why'd you hang up on me? He said, I don't want to work with somebody with such a small vision of themselves. I want to work with somebody that, that want to speak to the hmm. world. Let, let, let's pick up on that notion of what it means to move beyond having a small vision of yourselves. We'll come right back to that when we come forward. On KBLA Talk for Canada, you're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the motivator, Les Brown. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown, who continues his month-long radio residency only on KBLA Talk 1580. Today's theme is your obsession 
becomes your possession. Your obsession becomes your possession. Before news traffic in sports, Les Brown, you were telling us the story of being chastised one day by your mentor because your vision of yourself was too small. Yes, and my vision was given to me by the world. I just thought in my limited thinking that I could only speak to the NAACP, the Urban League, and at Black History Time. And, and he said, what are you going to do, stop the rest of the year? He said, I want to work with someone who wants to speak to the world. And he hung up. And I called him back. I said, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's, what, here's what happens to us when, when, when things happen to you, th- that you can bend or be broken. And what Dorothy Vicki Marbury Height did, she bent, but she was not broken. And so she went on and, and she helped African-American students who want to go to medical school. She speaks to them. She mentors them. And, and she called Albert Einstein College of Medicine, where she graduated from, and she's practicing internal medicine for over 42 years. And, and her, her practice is in the Redlands in California. And, and she went on to become a published author. She's a speaker. She's a healthcare and medical consultant. And she make financial contributions to causes that that serve our community. And so she was not broken. They might have bent. They might have stopped. They might have been able to slow down her progress in doing the things that she wanted to do. But she went from not looking for a job to building her own profitable medical practice. And, and this is what we have the opportunity to do today. This is the mindset that we have to do for self, that mm-hmm. we have to have the mindset of not trying to, to get to a table and get the crumbs. We have to have the mindset that we can build our own table. We have to have the mindset. I was in, in, in the U.K., and the, the, the people in India, they built their own infrastructure, their own economy. We have the, the ability, because of technology, because of all the communications, skills and the tools that available to us, that we can build our own economy inside of this economy. And it's just a, a, the power of a made of mind, yeah. of this being eye obsession. Just imagine. I want you to think about this. That the Honorable Elijah Muhammad built a movement with these words. I met God. <laughs> Come on! (laughs) In the person of Master Farad Muhammad, how many people would you have to talk to? Negro, you say you met who? (laughs) 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 You met God? (laughs) Yes, he gave me a message for the black man of America. And Master Farad Muhammad is a white man? Come Mm. on, man, what you tripping on? All right. <laughs> In order to build that movement that still exists today, that that's producing some of the most eloquent and, 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 and the most influential dynamic voices that we have on the planet, that was an obsession of his. Mm. And, and so the people who make things happen at any point in time, they can give up. But when it's obsession, you got to can't help it. You have got to do it. You've got to do what you do. You you are not going to be home looking at Netflix or listening to Roland Martin or listening to me or anybody else. You you say, hey, I got a voice and I'm going to create a platform. I'm going to buy a 
building. I've got some skills. I've got some knowledge. I never ran a radio station before, but I'm about to buy one and run it, and I'm going to do it my way. Come on, Frank Sinatra. Mm. Um, let me come back to this notion, which I'm fascinated by, um, uh, of being bent but not broken. Um, bent but not broken. Life has a way of bending all of us. Uh, no question about that. And if you ain't been bent yet, you ain't lived long enough yet. Just keep living. But life has a way of bending all of us to your mind and in your experience and all the motivating you've done around the world and all the folk you've counseled and all the folk you've spoken to less. What makes the difference between those who get bent and those who get broken by life? That's a very good question. Your reason. Mm. You remember the first person who defeated Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson? They said the blow that went around the world. Who was that person? Who beat Mike first? Um, was that Buster Douglas? Bill Douglas. Was it Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas. Yeah. Buster Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Buster yeah. Douglas. His father's name was Bill. Mm -hmm. It was Buster Douglas. And, and, and Mike Tyson knocked him down first. And he was asked a question. What made you get up? And his mother had recently died, and he said, I want it for my mother. He had a reason. His mother had died. And he said, I'm going to win this for my mother. And he got up off the canvas. The first time that, that Joe Frazier knocked Muhammad Ali down, and, and Howard Cosell asked him, why didn't you stay down and rest for a minute? Why did you jump up so quickly? And he said, when I looked around and saw where I was, he said, I said to myself, a canvas is no place for a champion. That's right. And nobody's never knocked him out. Muhammad Ali had heart. Do you hear me? Mm -hmm. And so the people, the, the, your obsessions are in your heart, and it's pregnant with courage. It's pregnant with perseverance. It's pregnant with faith. It's, par it's pregnant with endurance an unstoppable spirit and energy that refuses to be denied. Mm. No, I love that. I love that uh, that line from uh, from Muhammad Ali and Jesse Jackson, our friend and brother, uses it all the time, that the ground is no place for a champion. The ground is no place for a champion. One of the other notions you raised in this hour that I want to give you a chance to uh, unpack a bit more, Les, is this notion of finding your place, finding your place in the world. I was in conversation with one of our guests the other day. And we were uh, working through this notion of how we show up in the world. We do have some say so. We have agency in how we show up in the world. That was a conversation I had some days ago on this program. Um, and so your notion of finding your place is similar to that. But it seems to me that this notion, especially in the world that we live today, of finding one's place is a lot easier said than done. What advice do you have for how to go about the experience of finding your it place? Is e it is easier. It is easy to say that. And all you have to ask yourself, what is it that I enjoy doing and I would do it for free, that I love it so much, I'll do it for free, mm -hmm. and that I'll do it so much that people will pay me to do it. And whatever that is, with the technology we have, mm -hmm. you can make money with it. With the technology that we have, you can have a global business. I, I did a, a training and I asked somebody to come up with an idea. And, and they came up with the idea they like to make doors. And so we went online and, and put in an inquiry. Who would like to have some doors made for them? And in the training, we got several people responding, asking what kind of doors. Mm. 
What shapes? Can you do various designs on the doors? We're living at a time we have access. When dictators take over a country, the first thing they do is cut off all communication. Mm -hmm. We have access. We have the ability to use technology to open up our own business in the comfort of our home. I run a global business at home. I'm on my phone talking to you right now. I talked to the people in South Africa just an hour before I talked to you. I have a multi-million dollar contract with them. And I negotiated that in a Zoom call on my phone, my communication skills. If you have something you love to do and you speak with passion and you are relentless and you have the mindset of Og Mandino who wrote the book, The Greatest Salesman in the World. He said, I will persist until I succeed. When you have that kind of mantra, doors will open that you did not see. If I can quote a great philosopher named Les Brown, it ain't over until I win. It's not over until I win. That's He's quoting all these other greats. That's one of his uh, great books. It's not over until you win. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the motivator, Les Brown, exclusively all month long on KBLA Talk 1580. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Les Brown on KBLA Talk 1580. This is You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown, a month-long radio residency featuring uh, the world-renowned motivational speaker, Les Brown, uh, exclusively again on KBLA Talk 1580. Today's theme is Your Obsession Becomes Your Possession. Uh, Les Brown now, a few questions. Let me pivot to a few questions we have for you. Get two or three of them in maybe here. Uh, watching our time. Uh, the first question, is it's a good one. I, I've been reading this myself and anxious to hear your take on this. I've never asked you this question in all the years I've talked to you. Um, would uh, Mr. Brown please describe a good mentor-mentee relationship? A timely question given that you were earlier talking about your mentor. So describe, Les Brown, a good mentor-mentee relationship. It is uh, you you develop an alignment with someone who has a track record and experience, and they're in a place where you want to go. When I met Mike Williams, he was a speaker, and I used to go around Columbus, Ohio, to hear him speak. I heard him speak the first time at at the Black Union at Ohio State University, and so this this his style of speaking, and then I watched him and his character. You want to watch the person. There are a lot of people who are now getting hoodwinked by people who have good marketing strategies, promoting themselves, helping people to become nationally known motivational speakers, and they're not even known in their backyard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you know. And so you want to have a mentor who has a track record and who has a good reputation. People talk. And I ask around before I deal with somebody. And, and I, I just recently, even doing that, doing due diligence, I still got ripped off for $60,000 from a young guy out there in L.A. that I took him under my wings. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but what we want to understand is that when you are in a relationship with someone that know more than you, and they have done some things that you want to do, 
and they're at the level where you want to go, that's a good mentorship because they're speaking from their wisdom. People say experience is the best teacher. No, wisdom is the best teacher. If I want to go into broadcasting, I'm going to call you because I know you know what you're doing. Next um, question, please. Yes, Ask Les Brown <clears throat> is an icon on our homepage at the website kbla1580.com. So if you want to pose any question for Les Brown, go to kbla1580.com, our website. Right there on the homepage, you can't miss it. The big icon that says Ask Les Brown, click on that icon, and you can send your questions to Les Brown. Um, here's another question, Les, uh, from one of, uh, one of our listeners uh, for you. Um, Mr. Brown, you're always offering advice to others. Uh, what advice do you wish someone had offered to you when you started your career as a motivational speaker? I wish someone had explained to me, you can't help everybody. Mm. Most people won't participate in their own rescue. Mm. Most people are happy right where they are. And I thought I could motivate her. No, no. There's a reason that the Jewish carpenter said, he who has ear, let him hear. Mm. There's a reason. He said, the ones who can hear me, I want them to listen to what I'm saying. You got a tribe. I got a tribe. There are people who just won't hear us. They're someplace else listening to rap music or entertainment or jazz or sports and, and still reviewing the football game. But the ones that are tuned in to you, the ones who stop and say, hmm, KBLA, that's got my name on it. That's our tribe. We can't help everybody. The road to life is straight and narrow, and few there be that find it. And somebody, if I had someone to say, listen to me, talk to the few, talk to the people that can hear you, you can't help everybody. A few remaining moments with Les Brown on KBLA Talk 1580 when we come forward. Interrogating your assumptions and expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Let's get back to Les Brown on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown on KBLA Talk 1580 every weekday during this month of February. Black History Month. Les, you raised this issue earlier in today's uh, lesson, which is entitled, Your Obsession Becomes Your Possession. You raised this issue earlier of being a lifelong learner. But what you said a few moments ago um, brings me back to this with you, and that is the value of learning how to listen. We want to be lifelong learners. But speak to this issue, uh, this notion of learning how to be a generous listener, a charitable listener, as you pursue your obsession, which will become your possession. I am glad you asked me that question, because it brings me back to Dr. Vicki Marbury height When she was in court, here she is, a medical doctor, and seated, seated across from her, three experienced corporate attorneys. She listened deeply to what they had to say. The judge asked her to speak, and she said, I yield to the gentleman at the table to my left. And when they got up and spoke, and then that told her where she needed to go. They were speaking legalese, and she called them on the stand, 
and she started speaking from a medical perspective. The value of listening, whenever you and I speak, we have to listen to the listening of the audience. They will let us know if we're on point. They will let us know if something we said landed in their heart or if it's funny. They will let us know by the energy in the room. And so here's something that I'd like to, to re- report this, this quote by Dr. King, and you're familiar with this. He said, justice delayed is denied. Dr. Vicki Marbury Height still has not been paid. She won the lawsuit. And I'm encouraging people to call the California Department of Corrections and say, pay the lady her money. She won hands down. They have delayed paying her and because they don't want to pay her. And it all has to do without being silent. Evil prevails and injustice prevails when we are silent. And everything we get, it's going to be a fight. And we got to fight with her, for her. She serves the community. She's a servant leader. She doesn't turn people away who need help, who need medical attention. She sees this as her calling. It's her magnificent obsession. But here's the battle now that she needs some other voices to stand up and say, come on, she won this legally, fair and square. California Department of Corrections, call the state legislators and the Congress people and, and the senators and demand that this lady receive compensation. She wanted, she represented herself against three experienced lawyers. So she deserved to be compensated for being denied an opportunity to practice her practice only because of racism and discrimination, and she won. His name is Les Brown, uh, the motivator, world-renowned, exclusively this month. Every weekday, uh, his radio residency continues through the 28th of February, uh, and uh, today's lesson has been entitled, Your Obsession Becomes Your Possession. Your Obsession Becomes Your Possession. That's today's lesson. Until tomorrow, thanks for tuning in, and as always, keep the faith.